Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep in the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What a jump ball! Hastings down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first one. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Countdown, baby, and a foul! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Pistons fans, welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. We have the full crew here today. We all hope that you had a happy Thanksgiving. I know that we were able to celebrate together and did with that you know, fine Thanksgiving dinner. I think Aaron's a little bit of a food hangover right now, Ryan, but I think we all might still be hungover after the Pistons lost the other night to the Rockets by two on the road, a game they could have stole, and... Aaron, you kind of threw up the hands when I brought up the food hangover. It's always got to be me. Why do I always got to be the one getting picked on well, here? You just you just look like you're a little tired. Yeah, a little too much turkey I'm yesterday. Tired. Did you see him with Poor the mashed man. potatoes? My gosh. Good Lord. I just want to say, real quick, it's good to be back, all three of us together on the pod. First time in who knows how long. Good Months. to be with you boys. Aaron, I hope you're feeling better after last night. I know that you ate a lot. I see it in your eyes. You look dead. I'm but good. But hey, let's get it going. I'm good. We'll be all right. You'll be all right. You'll you'll fight through. We got this. So the Pistons have had a couple of games since we last potted last week, and it starts with a big win over the Cleveland Cavaliers, one that everybody expected them to get, everybody knew they needed to get. The final was only 113-102, but the Pistons led by as many as 30 in this game, Aaron. So a fourth quarter push by the Cavs. But no dice. The Pistons able to hold out. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the entire game. But I got back around the start of the fourth quarter, and that's when things went to the wall for the Pistons. Blake and Andre both finished with 21 and 12. Solid performances from them. Um, I think the team has some has some issues closing games. I think we've seen that throughout the season. They don't do the best job when it comes to just finishing teams off or competing at the end if it's a close game. Um, but they got the win. I mean, I would hope they would beat a Cleveland team that is probably the worst team in the league by a pretty far margin. Uh, so it's a necessary win. It's one that I had chalked up as a win. I think everyone should have had it chalked up as a win. It really didn't mean that much to me. You go out there and you handle your business like you should. Yeah, pretty balanced scoring attack for the Pistons in that game with Blake having 21, Dre having 23, Bullock having 21. Uh, Ish Smith gave you 11, 13 from Reggie Jackson. But you talk about not being able to close games, and Ryan, that's kind of a problem. Hey. Oh, it was it was a big issue, Brendan. Uh, bothered me quite a bit. An absolute dominant performance for about three quarters in that Cleveland game. Uh, Cleveland had no business being on the court with the Pistons. And then what was that run? I don't remember what the run was. It was like 25-5 to 5 or something. I Don't quote me on that. But just absolute takeover on on a run by Cleveland. An issue closing the game out. Not a fan of it. Aaron, I know you want to say something. Yeah, and let's just – I know I've talked a little bit about my frustration with Andre Drummond this year. And, well, let's talk about Ante Zidic. I'm going to guess a lot of you haven't even heard of that guy. He absolutely tore Andre Drummond apart in that fourth that quarter. he did. I literally sat down and I was just like, what is going on? This this guy is – I don't think he would be on many other NBA teams. And he's out there feasting on Andre Drummond. Uh, I've, I've really had my, my issues with Dre this year, even though statistically he's had a pretty darn good season. 
Um, but that that was one thing that really perturbed me when I was watching. It's the one-on-one defensive struggles of Andre that are really, really bothersome. He's putting up the points. He's putting up the rebounds. He's decent in his help side defense. But it's the one-on-one battles, especially against Zizit. Zizit, or however you say his name. I can't say it. Just so bothersome. It really fires me up and pisses me off about him. Um, but what are you going to do? They're committed to him. Hopefully someday it gets better. I don't know. Yeah, well, you gotta you got to wonder. You don't want these fourth quarter collapses, if you will. And, and that run really started even the third quarter for the Cavaliers. But you, you can't go and let that kind of rally happen. I mean, heck, you look at the Cavs the other night. They played with the Lakers, right? They, they brought LeBron back home, and well, they almost beat him. But anyways, you can't give a team like that a chance it's in a just, game. It's just that for almost three quarters, they absolutely dominated them. Cleveland had no business being on that court. And then last, what, two and a half minutes, three minutes to the third, all the way through the fourth, just Cleveland running Detroit off the court. What I don't know. 18 to 2 run. Yeah, it was an 18 to 2 run, is what it was. Just really bothersome. I don't like that. Like, Bottom line, the good teams go out and they handle their business against teams of that stature. And Detroit did it for three quarters. And then they reminded you we're a mediocre team right now. Nothing more than that. Whoa. Whoa. I mean, you're not wrong, Aaron. You're but, definitely not but, wrong. But Ryan. Here we go. I, I, I already know where this is going. You want me to say your line? Aaron saying this? Aaron being negative about the Pistons? What? This is crazy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, once again, you're right, Aaron, on that front, too. That's exactly where Brendan was going with It's that. 100%. I think that's word for word what Brendan was going to I'll tell say. you, this podcast has done nothing but open Aaron's eyes, and every day I am so amazed, and I'm proud of my brother and the, real, the reality that he sees with this Detroit Pistons team being able to come out and open up and speak your feelings and talk about how this is really just an average, you used mediocre basketball team, I got to tell you, Aaron, I'm proud of you. And I'm thankful for this mature, growing Pistons writer, reporter, and podcast. Can we just talk about the Rockets game already? Aaron, I've got, I've got a question. We've... I think all Pistons fans in general have come to the conclusion and understanding that this is a pretty mediocre team. What can they do? What do they need to do? What moves can they make? What do they need to do as a team? What is it that gets them past mediocrity? Because there is flashes of this team being a really good team, being a very solid team that could make that push that we talked about before the season started. So what do they need to do? Well, I think when you look at the way Reggie Jackson and Glenn Robinson III have played this year uh, in their in their starting spots. Neither of them have really done enough. Glenn's been okay. I mean, his usage isn't going to be very high or anything of that stature, but he needs to go out there and be productive when he does get the ball. He needs to be able to defend, and he needs to be in the right positions on the offensive side. I think Reggie Jackson's been, I think it's safe to say, he's been pretty bad this year, pretty inefficient. Um, I know Dwayne Casey's liked using him off the ball a little bit more of a two-guard role with his Smith. Uh, but it's not working, and I, I don't think Detroit really has the time to just keep seeing if Jackson's ever going to get better at it. Um, if uh, I think the first thing they need to do is make a change on the on the wing, and when you're one to three, aren't producing like Detroit's aren't. You know the way Reggie Bullock. I guess Bullock has played better in his last five or six games, um, but 
between those three, you have to get more production because it can't be Blake and Andre every night having to combine for 55, 60, 65 points to have that team have a chance to win. So I think if a move has to be made, you have to look at at the 1-3 to three and say, we need to make an upgrade at one of these positions. I know you're going to get Luke Kennard back soon. I think that's going to help a lot because I think Kennard does a lot of things that are going to help this team. I'm interested to see how him and Galloway play together. I think we're going to see those two share the court. Uh, with Ish or maybe Reggie Jackson because I think Dwayne Casey really likes to have guys that can handle and shoot out there three guards at the same time and the way Langston Galloway has played he's not losing that rotation spot to Luke Kennard when he comes back Uh, so I think Kennard's return is going to help I still think though there has to be an upgrade of some sorts to be made for this Detroit team to do anything that they really want to do because the the reliance on Blake and Andre so far this year Mm -hmm. is not it's just not enough Blake can only do so much and you you don't know what kind of night Andre's going to have on a given basis. So here's a couple points. One, I, I, I think that you have a, a fair analysis in that if the Pistons made an upgrade at one of their you know guard spots, that one, two, or three, um, that they could really take another step towards being an above-average basketball team. But my question to you is, you know, A, you have to... You know, be willing to move some pieces to acquire that, and, and I know that I've been vocal about willing to move Andre Drummond, but when moving Drummond to replace him with another wing scorer, yes, you would lose some production at the center position. Yes, you would have to find somebody better than Zaza Pachulia to man that starting spot. And if it doesn't happen, which right apparently away, some people didn't understand us talking about a few weeks back on the podcast. I'm just saying, I don't know. Just had to put that out there for some. But anyways, um, you know, in the short term, I do think Zaza could survive at the starting five position. And and then when you reach the offseason, you would have to make a move to find somebody to start and keep Zaza and then the backup position where he's much better at. Um, uh, but well, that, I don't can agree I, with that. Yeah, can I say that? I disagree with you there. I think if they had to go for a four, five, six game stretch until they figured out the right. next move, yeah. I think that's okay. Um, but after that, then you're in the wilderness, Zaza, and that's an issue. Like when Zaza started for Golden State, it was with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. He was also three or four years younger. The dude, I mean, yesterday or Wednesday night, excuse me, against Houston, he was fine in his short stretch of minutes. You but don't think that the he Pistons can't handle 25, 30 minutes a night against maybe, the centers maybe in today's not, league? Maybe not. But depending what kind of move the Pistons would even have the ability to make, so like you go out and you get somebody like a Bradley Beal, and you have to sacrifice Andre Drummond. You're telling me that between you know platooning some time with Blake at the five minutes out of Zaza minutes out of John Luer it wouldn't be fantastic but I wonder what kind of move the Pistons would really be able to make and what assets they would have left to move to acquire a a starting caliber center there has to be another there has to be another move because again Zaza just doesn't cut it and god forbid if someone with one of the three Zaza Blake or John Luer got hurt and God forbid it'd be Blake Griffin. Like there's no one, there's no one for that team to survive with. So they have to go out and they have to get a center of some sort. They're gonna have to sacrifice some other piece. If this is a team that really wants to win and is buying in on that, then so be it. Go out and trade your young pieces, trade your draft picks, and go do it. What about moving a guy like Reggie to acquire a starting caliber center, and maybe you can get a backup point guard in that kind of deal as well. 
Fine by me. I think Ish Smith has done a fine job this year, and like I said, I haven't been too impressed with Reggie Jackson. It's not working with him right now. He's inefficient. Uh, he doesn't play. Uh, he doesn't play the defense that he did play for a little bit last year when he was actually an average defensive player. This year, I'm watching him play defense, and he's taking possessions off. He's not even. He's, he doesn't even bother to play transition defense when he's turning the ball over. Uh, so, I mean, so be it. You gotta go and you gotta make a move because right now this isn't working. So, what move do they make? Well, I think Bradley Beal is the best option available. I don't think Detroit could put the best package together for him, but I think he'd be the guy you'd want to go get more than anyone. I agree. I, with the Wizards openly putting him out there on the market, you have to figure out a package the Wizards would like, and no, it's not going to be the best one because I don't think the Pistons can offer the best package. But they would have to throw their first-round pick in there. Honestly, they might have to throw Luke Kennard in there. Um who else do you think would have? I don't. I don't think. The, I think for the Pistons, it might be a little different at this round table on discussion. But I think for the Pistons, one obviously Blake Griffin's a no go, obviously. But I think another no go is Andre Drummond. So what can the Pistons put together after that? Nothing. You for the Pistons to make uh, an altering move that might be able to put them above average. They're going to have to sacrifice Andre. The best package they can put together without Andre would be Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, their first-round pick, and one of Stanley Johnson or Reggie Bullock. That's the best package that they can put together to get a conceivably better player than all those guys. And let's be fair. What team in the league? I mean, even the Wizards. If you're the Wizards, Well, I think the Wizards are in... Well, they're in open tank mode. Are they not? I... Does that not they're, help them they, with their tank? They probably will be soon. I mean, if they're not already. The way that they've come, the out way this year. they're playing. I get they came back against the Clippers in a magical comeback, especially after all the drama they've gone through. But in general, I think their consensus in their front office seems to be, "Hey, we're dumping this. Let's let's get as high of a pick as we can." Especially this draft this year is top heavy. Zion, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, um, just all those guys. Just those three all alone. Duke boys. All my Duke boys. All yeah, my Dukies. All I'm my Dukies. Um, but no, those are three of the top guys. And uh, it's a top-heavy draft, and if you can get in the top three or four, you're going to get a very, very nice player. Most likely, I would say, would work out in the NBA. So then that makes you wonder, too. So if you're in open tank mode and you're the Wizards, you may not even want Drummond. Yeah, so why? So if, if that is the case... I understand you want a good return, so you get a good young piece in Luke Kennard, a building block. You get a first-round pick from the Pistons, which, hey, maybe it turns out to be the 15th, 16th pick. So you're picking up high in the lottery and then again in the middle of the first round, and then maybe you're getting a shooter in Reggie Bullock or something like that. The other thing that does, let's say you're the Wizards and you end up with like the third or fourth pick. Now you've got the third or fourth pick and the 15th pick. That's what I'm saying. Maybe that's enough to be able to slide up to one or two. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I guess I'm not in their war room. I'm not in their front office. I don't know for sure. But saying everyone, like John Wall and Bradley Beal are on the market and everyone else is too, Otto Porter, that kind of tells me they're they're hitting the reset button. Mm-hmm. They're trying to tank. They want to get Zion Williamson. They want to get R.J. Barrett. They want to get someone like that. Can the Pistons please stay away from John Wall? I do not want to oh, touch agreed. him. Oh, I don't want that. His, his morale, his... his effect in the locker room or the contract that he has and is upcomingly going to have. I don't want to touch that whatsoever. So Detroit needs to steer clear of John Wall, uh, sans what Pistons Twitter says. Go ahead. Yeah, it just, 
it'll be interesting to see if the Pistons put together a package. The biggest thing to me is you have to put something on the table. You have to get in the conversation. I think it would be foolish not to make an attempt at Bradley Beal. The, I, I just think Blake needs that wing score. I've said it a million mm-hmm. times. He needs, especially if you're getting good production on offense out of Drummond and Blake Griffin, it's unfair to them that they're not getting help from the wing. Right. They're, it's so it's very unfair to them. They can't like you said earlier, Aaron. They're not going to put up 65, 70 a night combined all the time. They need that elite wing score. It's not fair to them to be carrying the team constantly because it's not going to work all the way through. So, with that being said, we kind of look forward to then the Pistons schedule. We've talked about the Cavs game. We've talked about maybe a move to get them into a better position and maybe a move that could get them to win a game like they had the other night. They go on the road to Houston, 126-124, the final back-and-forth game. The Pistons had a lead at some points. The Rockets had a lead at some points, and obviously the Rockets finished the game with the lead. But, Aaron, we were talking a little bit. Actually, the three of us were talking before um, getting on the pod here. That's a game. You go on the road. You need to find a way to steal that one from Houston. Yeah, and Detroit was in the position to do that. You go on the road against a team that's found their stride after starting the season very poorly, and you're within, you know, you have an opportunity to go out and take the lead with under a minute to go, and then you turn the ball over, and then you turn the ball over again, and it it was Blake Griffin both times. He had nine turnovers in the game, albeit while he was dominating, scoring the ball, and he had 11 rebounds. You know, he had a really good performance, but those nine turnovers by him alone, and two of them coming with under a minute to go, uh, that crippled Detroit, and I thought that was a game that they should have won. You you had Andre, uh, who battled foul trouble once again, a problem this year, kind of reminiscent of like his his rookie year and his second and third year in the league when he just got those, picked up those first two fouls early on in the first, picked up the third foul early on in the second, and it was limited minutes. He's having that trouble again this year, and but he was productive before he picked up those fouls. Um, so Blake and Andre were fine, but Reggie Jackson was nowhere to be found. Glenn Robinson III didn't really do anything. Detroit's not getting enough production from anyone not named Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. I guess Stanley Johnson had another decent night off the bench. I think finally, I think finally we found where Stanley Johnson can thrive, coming off the bench where he's handling the ball, playing the four spot defensively. Um, but that was a game that Detroit really should have won. And now they got to go back at home and play the Rockets again, and that's going to be a tough game. And I think Detroit played Houston as well as you really could have asked them to, but for them to squander chances late in the game, uh, it was really disappointing to watch. And for them to only lose by two points to that good of a team, you just, you're just kicking yourself in, in the foot thinking, damn, we really, we really should have won that game if I'm Dwayne Casey. Oh, I agree. It was it was really frustrating to watch them blow that game. Not blow that game, but lose that game. That's one you had to steal. That's one you had to take. That's one they were in position to take. And for as much as Blake Griffin just straight up manned up in the fourth quarter and put the team on his back and put on just showing out just an absolute performance, those two late turnovers were brutal. Albeit that offensive foul was trash, still, Blake with the nine turnovers in the game in general – too late in the uh, in the fourth quarter. It was problematic, like you said, Aaron. Reggie Jackson, nowhere to be found. Guy I want to give props to, Langston Galloway. My boy is shooting the ball. Thank so God. He, he, he's another reason this team is able to hang around at all. 
if there was if Lang- Langston Galloway, what was the stat I saw? He's shooting like seventy percent the last few games from three He's or whatever. It. He's feeling. He is on can fire I, right can now. Can we talk about Langston Galloway for a minute? Just because yes, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately like, like I feel happy. Like I feel happy that he is succeeding. I am happy for him because he he really deserves it. Like that is a guy that is such a good dude. He wears really nice basketball shoes. He's custom basketball shoes. Those I know they're like, awesome. I love like, them. Every time I see a picture, I'm like, dude, I got to get these kicks. But like for him to go through the, that that garbage with Stan Van Gundy last year, where you know he's signed and, and it's talked about like this is a big addition for Detroit, and then he can barely get in for meaningful minutes. Uh, for him to get trusted this year, and, and we we kind of we didn't hate on him, but we were like, I don't think this Langston Galloway just, just, thing's We just work. didn't seem like it was going to work. That and, that's just what it was. And and he came out and he's been very very good off the bench. He's probably been the best player off the bench, but maybe besides Ish Smith. Uh, but he has been. Very productive for Detroit. It's so good to see. And for a guy, and this is what I wrote about when I when I wrote about him. When you're paying a guy seven million dollars, you need him to produce. And well, he's produced this year. It's it's great to see. And hopefully that can continue for this season because he can be a very good player with the way he can score. Oh, the ball. absolutely. That that is a wonderful bench piece to have. Just a cerebral assassin shooting the ball off the bench. Fantastic. It gives Blake someone to kick out to. What Blake needs to be more of a threat. When Blankston is on and they're playing together, Blake is so much more dynamic offensively because he has that option to kick. And now that Reggie Bullock's coming around too with his shot, it makes Blake more dynamic. And that's what we're talking about. If these guys can't get it together, then they need to make that move because it makes the offense so much more dynamic for Blake and Andre when the shooters are shooting yep. and putting some buckets yeah, exa- in. Exactly where I was going. If you can continue to put shooters around Blake, then you, you can't double down on Blake then, which is – so I think the, fun, the, the funny thing is Blake was I – think, I think the final stat line was 6 of 9 from the three-point line yesterday, but 3 of 12 from inside the arc. And that's because every time Blake got it inside, they, the Rockets doubled down on him. Yes. And Blake doesn't have enough shooters because Bullock's – I guess now he's starting to build that consistency. Langston Galloway's out there, but Reggie Jackson's not shooting the three ball. Stanley Johnson's not shooting the three ball. Glenn Robinson third isn't hitting the three ball right now. So they need more shooters around Blake. And when Blake, you can't double down on Blake then. If, he got, if he's got shooters to kick out to, then Blake's going to shoot not three of 12 from inside, maybe six or seven or eight of 12 from inside. And that's a whole other problem because then Blake's scoring 50 a night and you can't stop Blake Griffin, the best player in the NBA. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I said Blake was coming. I'm going to keep coming back to that forever. I said he was coming, and he is. All right? So if these shooters can keep shooting, Langston, Reggie. We're waiting for you, Luke. Waiting yeah. for you, Luke. We need it. We need it. I just can't wait until on the floor it's 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 Langston Galloway, Luke Kennard, Reggie Bullock, Glenn Robinson third, and Blake Griffin. Just don't even worry about a point guard. Just put sh- just Luke four was, shooters. Luke was practicing at point guard over the summer. He can bring the ball. Four shooters around hey, Blake Griffin doing what he needs to do. That's it. That's when you trade Reggie, now you just slide. That's where Luke could find his fit. He's your backup now, one. Okay, backup one, yes. I, I, was, I, I was worried you were going to say he could start at the no, one. No, no, no. You start-ish, but he slides in as your backup one. Fair enough. Running with the twos. Fair yes. Enough. Boys, we listen, if the Pistons want to continue to make front office moves, you just you can DM us at Palace of Pistons. I'm telling you, we got ideas. It's I don't know. It's just well, uh, maybe not. Put it together, maybe, boys. Maybe I, I'm still not sure about Aaron. Only because I just want to let everybody know. Andre Drummond 
shooting 21% from three. But did you see that three-pointer to start the yes, game against Yes, of course. Houston? How about that? Okay, and then he got another wide-open one in the corner and, and he missed he it by mailed, eight feet. He airmailed that one. Literally that almost sent it to the bench. <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to put out there 21.4%. Can I get a hashtag league Leak clip? clip. Not what I said. Again, did not say Lee Clip. Yes. Who did? We're gonna do oh, no. We're gonna oh. I said like 32, 33%. That's not Lee Clip. Lee Clip's like 36, 35%. Aaron Johnson. We're going right, to, let's, let's go. Someone go back. Go to the archives. Tape, and I want to. Go to the archives. Go to the archives. You're going to hear if Aaron anything, say League Clip. It's what you're going to hear. I think we talked you down. No, I, I, if I'm remembering correctly. You did call for Lee Clip, and we talked you down to thirty-two percent. Okay, fine. Maybe that's what happened, but I didn't. I didn't. If like I'm remembering correctly, boys. I didn't go into the season saying Andre was going to shoot Lee Clip. I had him below that. <laughs> Again, hey, I'm not going to lie. If I want to go in the archives. I'll admit when I make a mistake, and it looks right. Look, looks like right now I made a mistake. You know what? I'm a pretty smart guy. I got a lot going for me. I'll live with this. Okay, I'll live with being wrong about one thing in my life. Hey, I'm going to pat myself on the back, okay? All right. I was wrong. I'm right about everything else, though. No, but it's something clearly <laughs> I want Andre Drummond to continue working on. Who needs to? You can see it's it can come around. Because last year, I mean, he could even hit the backboard putting up a three. Um, so it's starting to come around, so keep working on it. But the, for those people who didn't believe this was going to take time, yeah. what, what game were you watching? Seriously. So, but what, I mean, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. We're not here to talk about that, really. I want to finish the pod here on kind of a fun note. In Leo Thanksgiving being yesterday, what is something that you are thankful for in relation to this Pistons This is my team? segment. This is my segment, all right? Oh, take it away, Aaron. So, so if, I don't know if it was maybe like a month ago, I really went in on Stanley Johnson, right? I really went in, and I, as a... The biggest Stanley Johnson supporter I think this planet has ever seen. I went in and I I, I said this isn't going to work with Stanley. He does anymore. have family, you know. He's done. He's it's not going to work. Just get rid of him. But Stanley Johnson's move to the bench has recreated him as a player, and I'm thankful that that Dwayne Casey has found the way to use Stanley Johnson. I'm so thankful for that. I was going to say Blake Griffin, but I knew one of you two bozos would have said Blake Griffin. So I was going to be a little creative. Wow, Ryan. I'm so bozos. glad that Stanley Johnson Jesus. has found his bozos. way to succeed. I'm going to talk over him, Ryan. We're bozos. Anyway, uh, okay, so you're thankful for uh, Stanley Johnson. And that's it's good for you, Aaron. That's a good thing to <laughs> yeah, be thankful for. we're happy for, for you. I, myself, in a weird roundabout way, which brings it back, I'm thankful for Stan Van Gundy. Whoa, whoa, where are we going with this? This could Because this is a Pistons team in general that did not have any plans to ever tank ever. Never wanted to be the bottom of the barrel to try to rebuild. And because of Stan Van Gundy, we were given Blake Griffin. Ah. And so for that I will forever one thing be thankful for to Stan Van Gundy. He brought us Blake Griffin, a reason to watch the Pistons. Wow, that was good. That was good. Let Prom. me tell you. If Blake Griffin wasn't here this year, don't be wrong. It'd be Tobias Harris. Maybe Avery Bradley would have resigned. I don't know. And as much as I love watching Tobias Harris, I think he's a very good player. It just doesn't have the pizzazz. The team would be a middling. I mean, they're middling right now at eight and seven or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. But they'd still be six and nine, seven and eight, eight and seven. But it would not have the flash that it does. 
It wouldn't have the promise I think that it does, this team does. Because if you make a move or if the shooters come around, it could get exciting. And Blake's just been fantastic to watch. And I'm glad we get to watch that in this city. Finally something good for us, even if the team isn't winning. So thank you, Stan Van Gundy, for that. And again, further build off that, I am thankful for Dwayne Casey. Because he's been able to take what Stan Van Gundy put together. And he's been able to provide a product that is exciting to watch. He's been able to steer a locker room of guys that want to play hard. That want to play for each other. That want to go on the floor and not only believe they can win every night. But go out and play like the team that should win every night. The Pistons have not had many games where you go out and... And again, we talked about this before, Ryan. It's no secret there's throwaway games in the NBA. You haven't seen anything like that from Detroit yet. You haven't seen guys give up in a game yet. You've seen guys look like they're having fun, playing hard, playing together. And again, the Pistons at this current stage, in this current roster, they're going to eventually cap out if they haven't already. right? They're eventually going to reach their ceiling. But Dwayne Casey is getting them to consistently play at that ceiling, and that's fun to watch. So just to get just to get soft here for a second. Oh gosh. Just to get a little soft. I'm gonna say I'm thankful for a few other things. First off, I'm thankful for both of you. I know you called you guys bozos a minute ago. That's mainly meant at Brendan, but I'm thankful for you guys. I think this is a, this is pretty fun. Meant at cool Brendan, thing even though do. Brendan was his ride here today. What? Wow. Whatever. Okay, that's that. It's irrelevant. Continue um, on with this fantastic speech, Aaron. You know, I'm I'm thankful that we have this little thing going. I'm, I really enjoy doing it. I think we're we're putting together something nice here, and I'm thankful for all of our our viewers, our listeners, our readers, our subscribers, whatever you whatever whatever you guys are to us. I'm thankful for you guys because the way that the, this website has grown, palaceofbusiness.com has grown since it started. Oh, two, three years ago, however long it's been, it's been awesome to see. And just recently, the support we've been getting is awesome to witness. And I'm really thankful. Truly, I do mean this. I'm really thankful for everyone that has just clicked on a link, even once, uh, to our website or to our podcast. It's been great to see, and I'm really proud of what we've built here. No, I, I've got a piggyback off you there for an Aaron. I'm, I think Brendan and I are thankful to you, to be honest, for bringing us on to do this. Uh, this, is, this is really fun. We have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, this just used to be coffee talk, coffee talk, ta- coffee table talk. Last year, family yeah. party, you know, family, last year family get-togethers. Last year, sit here and just shoot the shit. And just go hours and hours and hours of Pistons talk at every family gathering. Um, and then you decided to bring us on to do this with you. And it's been a lot of fun. Um, I've, I've had a great time. I look forward to doing this every time we get together. I wish we could be in person together more doing it. But obviously, college and travel and all that good stuff but thank you Aaron for bringing us together and like you said thank you to the listeners we appreciate you guys um definitely 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 because we wouldn't continue doing this if we didn't have people listening well I mean we actually might um because we're losers like that and we're just not doing it um irrelevant but no thank you for everyone who (laughs) listens um you guys are awesome we appreciate you keep listening tell your friends they'll thank you for telling them because I think we put together a pretty good product. And, I mean, we wouldn't be anywhere without you guys. So, thank you. Palaceofpistons.com, at Palace of Pistons on Twitter, at Ryan Pay, at A. Johnson NBA, at Media Brendan, Palace Pistons on Instagram. You can subscribe, rate, 
review, share the podcast. As Ryan said, tell your friends. We only want to keep this thing growing, and it is because of you that we are able to have, at least we know we have, a good, wide, strong audience that participates on Twitter, that listens, that reads articles on the website, and fully engages with what we do here at Palace of Pistons. So we're thankful for you, thankful that we could be together here on this Thanksgiving weekend, and thankful that we could bring you another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.